Well, hello there, terrible warriors. Welcome back. It has been a while, hasn't it? We just did a strange year where we did not play any games. That year is behind us now, and we're back at the table, more or less, and I... I'm your game master, Justin Eacock, as you know. And I am gathered around this table with my players because we're finally getting into it. And this isn't just going to be like a few episodes. You're listening to like the first of what you're going to be hearing for the next couple of months here on, on the show. Uh, we are, at the time of this recording, we are spending an entire month playing this game so you're listening to this episode we're done we did that all through august welcome to september and we are going to slowly release all of this stuff that we have recorded that we are yet to record that's one thing i love about doing this show is the time travel so before we get into talking about the game we're going to play you already know it's in the title let me introduce you to our players. You will recognize one of them. You might remember another, and someone else is completely new. And they're going to be joining me through this campaign that we're about to embark upon. Uh, unlike Spire, we're not going to be shifting things around. We've got our crew for this story. And then the next game we play, which we'll record in the winter, uh, we'll, uh, we might shake things up a bit. So first... Let's just start with the, the the one who's been with me through this strange pandemic recording. You've heard us talking together on session zeros and behind the screens and all that stuff. Welcome back. My shadow, your shadow, everyone's shadow, Sean Horbachuk. Ah, oh, they let me out of the bunker. It's great. <laughs> yeah, you're now adrift at, on the ocean. Uh, yep. You've become waterbound, I understand. <laughs> the agoraphobia is real. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you're you're going to be joining us on this game, but how, how have you been? How are you How are you feeling about this? We're, we're actually playing. We're finally, we're, we're not just talking a real anymore. Game. I'm so excited for this. You have no idea. Like Underhill by Water was a lot of fun, but it was also yeah, it was only great. two episodes and it's very casual and it was kind of designed to be like, we're going to play a game. We're not like going to like cut our teeth on anything here. It's, it's, we're, we're just having popcorn. This, this is like a proper RPG in capital letters. Also like the dichotomy of that was the lowest stress possible game. Yeah. This setting is very <laughs> high stress. I had to do homework again. <laughs> and it feels good. It feels good. I have not been alone doing that homework though, because I've had to recruit a resident expert in this world and in games as well. We've been talking a lot. You heard him first when we got him on to talk about Necrobiotic, the game that they were kickstarting at the time. He is joining us now to actually play this story and joining up with the Terrible Warriors. Welcome back. You're a Terrible Warrior now, Mitch Wallace. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just super excited. Like <laughs> being here for the second time and playing Simbarum, uh, which is... Simbarum. It is my favorite yeah. fantasy TTRPG out there. I'm so it excited because I I have interviewed the creators of this game a few times, and this game keeps showing up on my radar. And I've got these books, and I've been reading it. But when I mentioned it to you, like you you have the others, you've got the sub, you've got the adventure packs, and you've got all these yeah, stories I, <laughs> that we're going to be doing. And so I'm keeping you around here also as a bit of my lore master, where you can like, well, actually. 
Oh, hey, in year uh, 16, the my, queen... my eyes are up here. <laughs> Stop looking at my lore. Uh, but yeah, it's actually uh, necrobiotic in, in kind of this long distance race. Uh, I got my writing uh, teeth sharpened uh, from a Symbarum, uh writing contest, which we uh, won and they did the art for, uh, which is translated in French and is in English too. So you can get that on Drive Through RPG, which That's follows so cool. like. We'll have a link yeah, in the show notes. Go through, click it, so play awesome. Mitch's game. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just excited. This is going to be amazing. I'm sure as we play, you're going to keep having all of these little anecdotes and stories you're going to want to share about Simbaroom. And so I'm, oh, I'm so God, excited yes. to have like, um, you know, for me, it's about returning and just telling stories for the table and having Sean here who who knows how we're doing things on Terrible Warriors has been, you know, that's a nice comfort because I think Sean and I, we've got a good shorthand that we've got mitch you're coming here as my simba room expert and i always 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 like playing a game with someone who knows what we're doing and also someone who doesn't know what we're doing who is coming into this for the first time because that's the best way where you find out you know you make or break a game by how much fun it is for the new player at the table as well so Mm -hmm. brand new to this show i am welcoming you're a terrible warrior now ainsley moore Woohoo! I'm so excited. I am. Ah, uh, I love being the village idiot. I like truly embrace it. Uh, coming into things brand new, like it is the most fun part of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've known you for so long, Justin. I was like, yeah. this is such a cool podcast. Like, I, I would love to do it. And the fact that you know there's a chance for me to get on. Oh, uh, I'm stoked. I'm super stoked. And ah. Uh, just real cool lore, really cool yeah. setting. Yeah, your background. You're just like a like D and D background, right? Like it's not. You haven't really yeah. gone into even a lot of the indie games and the other offerings outside of that. No, so played, like Monster of the Week, and that's it. I think. Oh, hey, Monster of the Week. That's that's legit. That's powered by the apocalypse. That's uh, that's not messing around. So that's that's cool. Uh, there's a lot of folks that I would come across when I was running games at Stormcrow Manor, where literally it is Dungeons and Dragons, maybe a bit of Pathfinder, maybe some West End games, Star Wars, and that's it. And, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, uh, and it's all like, it's your, like, uh, your board games of your clue monopoly and your game of life or something, right? Like it's all like, you got your, your, your standards. When I mentioned that I, you know, to you that I was looking for this and I told you about Symbarum, what I like about Symbarum is it does have some touchstones if you're only coming from a fantasy Dungeons and Dragons style background, but also it's simpler in many ways with yes. the rules. Yeah. It's crunchier in other ways in the ways it handles social dynamics and problem solving that allow for more nuance that I don't think a game like Dungeons and Dragons struggles with and we'll see Mm -hmm. that when we actually do combat like we're not worried about five feet distances you have a movement but that movement is just to reassign I am now in melee range I am now in long range right like you are withdrawing or moving forward as we move around that so we're not going to worry about we don't have to worry so much about maps as well which is kind of Mm -hmm. fun although if you wanted to do that simbrum does provide maps and handles it if you really like i need to count out my 10 feet while i'm moving around like you can do that if you like but it's not um it's not the default which uh which i appreciate it allows for a faster flow of the action and uh, the combat we're going to do in this first uh, adventure we're going to have, I'm hoping is going to be quick and deadly and flashy. And you're going to feel like every move matters. Every turn matters. There isn't round after round after round of stalemate. Um, It's uh, it's something where, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, on a related note, I was listening to another podcast that was just doing a, a deep dive into the historical adventures of the Donner Party and the Oregon Trail. And then I started <laughs> reading this adventure. Boy, oh boy, the two felt very similar. So we'll see how y'all feel about that. I had the idea originally of playing the starter kit that we talked about when we did session zero on Symbrome. But when I emailed Free League to let them know what we were doing and oh, hoping they're going to join us at the end of this campaign for an interview so we can do like a post-game breakdown, they suggested, in fact, Matthias, uh, one of the co-creators, suggested that we instead do the tutorial game that's built into the core player's book. Uh, and then I read it and I went, Oh yeah, no. This is where we. This is where we start. This is how we enter into the world, literally, and uh, and then we go from there. And we have decided we're going to play through the official campaigns, uh, at least starting with book one. We'll see how far we get in these um, twelve to sixteen episodes that we're going to record. So. We don't have to worry about it right now because we're just chatting, but we will put a spoiler alert on the next episode. That said, I think I've talked to all three of you about this. Big thing I learned when I was at Gen Con uh, helping at the Magpie booth was the folks that are going to buy games like Ainsley, you've only played Dungeons and Dragons, a bit of Monster of the Week. If you actually bought Simbaroom, you're not going to show up to your game group, drop a book on the table and say, run this for me. That's not how it works. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, you guys don't do that? <laughs> if you end up buying this game, and I really do hope you do, you're also going to end up running this game. So even though, you know, and we'll put spoiler alerts because they've asked us to put spoiler alerts. We're the terrible warriors. And I do feel like the folks that are listening, you, my dear listener, even if you don't think you're a GM, you are, and you already are if you're thinking of buying this game. So it's spoilers to a point, but if you're going to run the game, you're going to be spoiling the game on you anyway. So it's a very different kind of spoiler in that you're going to be listening to us play through the story, and it's going to give you a heads up for when you are going to run this game when you're done listening to this. And I really do hope that you will, and you'll tell me about it, because that ugh, that just puts so much fire in me when that happens. So what do you think here about this game, Mitch, especially because I, 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 you've played Symbrome before. What's it like for GMs as they're entering into the world of Symbrome? Like, I've never run Symbrome. This is going to be my first go at it. Uh, we're about, to, I've done, I've read it, <laughs> and I think I know what I'm doing here. I've read examples of it. Uh, but uh, how do you think this game actually plays out uh, as someone, at the yeah. only person at this table who actually knows what's about to happen here? Yeah, so um, one of my favorite aspects about Symbrum is the lack of GM prep in terms of like uh, NPC sheet management, all that stuff. Like everything, you don't have to roll. You don't bring dice or anything like that. You, the GM every, is not supposed to roll. Yeah, yeah. You just, everything falls on the players. And so it, it makes that whole aspect of GM prep like super easy. You just show up with like a book or two and you're ready to rock. It does put uh, a little it, more pressure on the players to do some of their homework, to learn the rules themselves, because you're right. When we end up having combat and we'll have some of that, uh, we don't normally on terrible warriors, but this is again, it's going to incorporate that a lot. Even when you're rolling against an enemy, the enemy doesn't roll back. You're rolling everything as the mm -hmm. player. And uh, uh, there is there is no situation where I will have to pick up a die. And even if uh, we have other characters join the group, rather than me run them, I might just 
give you their character sheet and you will run that character for that scene. And, uh, and you, you have all the dice. There's no dice on my table. So that yeah, temptation. I, I love it. it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's why I enjoy running it. And as for the lore aspect of it, I think it's just kind of nice and deep, uh, but it could be as shallow as you want. Uh, if you just want to focus on like thistle hold and uh, just have like treasure hunting adventures, uh, that's totally cool. Or if you actually want to get into the meta of the world or the politics, it's just so much to dive into, but it's kind of up to you as a GM to, uh, to figure out how deep you want to put this pond. Every time I read the history in the book, the different lore sections that they've got, I end up zeroing in on a different aspect. I go, oh, that's really cool. Maybe today I'm just reading all about the barbarians or maybe tomorrow it's, it's going to be more on uh, uh, the, the, the court intrigue that's happening in Yandaros. Sean, we talked about this game when we did Session Zero and I know you just was like, oh, this is so interesting and you really latched onto it. Hmm. What is it about the lore that tickles you when we're talking about Simbaroom? I think it's it's a combination of how deep they've gone with individual sections, but then how broad it is. Like when I went to make a character for this game, I had four different concepts on day one and all of them were equally interesting and they were wildly different. You don't have character classes or even playbooks like you might in a power by pocket. You just have like, here's a world, here's a couple of archetypes that you can choose from, but you're making a car, a, an a la carte character. You're, you're starting with a blank slate and you're picking and choosing what you go. Now, on one hand, it means you can make anything you want. On the other hand, you can also make a really bad character. Uh, this is not going to hold your hand and you can make something that is just completely unbalanced and ill-prepared, but you can also, if you know what you're doing, make a character that is a little more better than the rest around them. And that's kind of cool. I like but- that. But also like your HP, your hit points aren't like D&D where you constantly get a more massive sponge of them as you level up. You might get a couple more depending on what you level or you might get no more no. than you start with. Like, no, this is a very potentially gonna, deadly setting. What you're going to get over time are new abilities and better abilities and upgraded abilities. Uh, but your your attributes, your how much pain you can handle, how much corruption you can absorb. That's not going to change. <laughs> not yeah, really. It, it does like one of my favorite things uh is the uh like the exceptional attribute ability like it only you can only boost an ability or an attribute like by three so even if later on down the road you find that your dumb stat is really messing you up there's only so much you can do and i remember playing or creating a uh a vigilant focus uh archer who was just a boss at his sphere uh but being grappled like and that's for strong and strong was a dump stat. And it's like, there's well, nothing you can do because no, you're just you're, dead. You're, yeah. You're and there's two more stats in this. <laughs> like there's eight stats. So you you have to have stats that you're not good at. It is baked yeah. into the system. You will not be good at everything. And that makes for a more interesting character. It does. It gives me point. It gives me weak points to aim at as yeah. a GM as well. Yeah. And one thing that I thought that's really interesting is this game is described as also being quite deadly. There is not a guarantee that over the next uh, four weeks that we play this, that you're going to survive to the end. But there is a baked in rule that when you make a new character after a character death, you carry over all of the accumulated experience from your last character. So you're not starting behind back at the beginning you make a character that has the same comparable experience as the one you just lost and then we insert them back into the narrative with with your new character and maybe this time you know oh i really can't just dump my strength (laughs) this time i need it 
for that grapple move that I really enjoyed when I make my character's twin brother that and no, everyone forgot about that's now played by uh, John Cena. Uh, so, Yes, please. <laughs> uh, Ainsley, uh, that carries me to my last uh, question. What was it like making these characters then with the lore and with the background you're going to be coming in as a player for the first time into Simbrum. like both like mitch has played the game sean at least has created characters and read about this you are coming in fresh what's it been like just mixing up this Simbrum gumbo that we're about to play now it has been just incredibly fun. I think Simbroom plays a lot to my favorite uh, thing to do, which is to make bad characters. Like I don't enjoy creating characters that are particularly combat effective. Sometimes like they should have skills, but I just love You're that not here you for can the power really fantasy. sort of focus um, and do it easily. No, no power fantasy. I want to have reasons <laughs> I suffer and they are my own character's fault. And if I die, that's just how the How very crumbles. dark souls of you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And so that was great. And while there's a lot of thinking to do, like making the decisions, like it did take me a while just to think about like, where do I want to invest in abilities? Um, it is pretty simple. It wasn't, you know, very daunting. Like once I sat down with the book, I was like, okay, I'm picking where I'm good at. Okay. I'm going to look at my abilities. Will this be useful? Um, to trade my quick for, you know, strength or something. No, that's not how I'm building this character. So picking the traits was also easier and it's it just, just so much fun flavor to them that, you know, that made that very exciting for me. I love the flavoring of all this and how I could sort of say like, I'm a, you know, this archetype, but I'm going to not mm-hmm. be this traditional flavoring of it. I'm going to make it a little more like inquisitive or something like that. So tell me about uh, we're going to have a moment to actually meet your character in the game, but what, mm-hmm. uh, who are you bringing to this story uh, that you'd like to tease us with before we actually roll in? Okay, I am bringing Alindra Fathial, who um, comes from a sort of a, a privileged background with her brother, has been uh, left behind by parents who went on to Ambria without... Uh, oh, here, let me, let me catch up our dear listener. If you listen to session zero, you'd know. But let me give you the quick TLDR of Simbarum and this setting. So the humans of Ambria come from a land to the south called Alberator. And 20-odd years ago, there was a huge war against the Dark Lords. They raised armies of the undead and ravaged the land. They kidnapped the queen for a couple of years. We rescued the queen and then rallied against the undead and won. And we defeated the Dark Lords. But it came at a horrible cost to the land of Alberator. That land is sterilized now. There is nothing growing. There is nothing living. So... Queen Corinthia looked to history and recalled that there are stories that she is descended from a people that came from the north of a lost kingdom of Simbarum. And they have headed on a migration a refugee resettlement program where they have gone through the mountain pass called the Titans into the lands of the north, which have been now reclaimed by the Alberitans, now as called Embria, they're now Embrians. They have founded a capital city of Yandaros, and they have been creating duchies and kingdoms and settlements out there. But of course, 
the land of Ambria already had folks living there. Uh, groups of barbarian clans, 11 of them in total that still remain. The first ones that the Ambrians conquer, uh, met, uh, they conquered in three days and absorbed them into their society. The second group that they met, uh, they fought and destroyed and have wiped them out. Uh, and they've and they've scattered into the mountains. And the remaining uh, clans have agreed to a tentative peace that the Ambrians can have the fertile grounds in the south, but the clans live in the forest of old Davokar. And that's where the real intrigue of Simbarum is, because it is believed that Simbarum, this old and ancient kingdom, fell to darkness a thousand years ago. And that's the site where the forest of Davokar now sits. There's lots more mystery about that place, and the adventure we're about to play is going to introduce us to all of those themes. So I don't feel I need to get too much farther than that. So what has happened for all of us, at least for Ainsley and Sean, they have lived in Alberator, you know, 21 years, their whole lives, if they're only in their early 20s, it's all they've ever known. But over the years, the humans of Alberator, now Ambrians, have begun migrating north to be with their queen to join their queen and their people in the new promised land, to head to Ambria where there is farmland. There's places to grow, places to live, places to flourish, places to prosper. It's alive up there. There's hope up there. And that's where you're going. And that's where our adventure is going to start. So with that, Ainsley, tell us a little bit about Elendra. So Elendra, having been left behind at the family's old estate um, in Alberator, she has spent her days devoted to academia. Basically, she's reading what she can get her hands on. People will pass through occasionally, but that's not enough for her to, you know, stay interested just in, in who she can interact with. So she's kept to herself, read extensively, has been particularly interested in understanding the different people across um, the lands of Alberator and Ambria has quite a rose-tinted glasses when she thinks of looking forward to the place her parents live now and are, she assumes, majestic, wonderful nobles of great esteem to the queen. But things are dying where she is now, and she's realizing that perhaps fewer people are coming and might not be so prudent to continue staying at the estate. Yeah, your family planted these vines and they're not growing anything. Mm -hmm. Their storehouses have run dry. The refugees that would head along the road would have started years ago as families, caravans, farmers and workers. Now it's stragglers, thieves, brigands. The last few times you even maybe had to hide in your in your house as your house has been ransacked and looted as people are moving through. The, the ground has gotten dry. What was a valley of the greatest wines of an Alberator is now a desert. And... There's no water. There's no food. There's nothing here. And maybe one day you just woke up and you looked at this house and you realized this house was a ruin and, uh, and you, were, you were sleeping in a tomb. And, and it was time to finally figure out where your brother was mm-hmm. and, and head to the Titans. So, Sean, who are you playing? I am playing Yandrome Fathial. Uh, growing up, he was a very precocious lad. He tended to, uh, I like that both of you are literally from an Italian. Vineyard. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> best wines in Alberator where they used to be. There's a bottle of the 76 still yeah. in reserve. Uh, Chateau Fathiel. Yeah. <laughs> famed throughout the land. 
Um, so last time, um, oh, sorry, I got to double check here. Uh, Elindra saw Yandrome. He was, he tended to like have lots of friends as a kid. He, uh, he was very popular with the other noble kids. And then his parents, when he was starting to grow up, sent him off to join the church. Important to mention possibly at this point. So there used to be many gods before the war in, mm-hmm. in, uh, Alberta whole pantheon, but, uh, the sun God Prios, who's the God, the giver of laws sort of was came through for the Albertans. And so now all the other gods are gone. According to them, there is, but yeah, one that was part of the, the outcome of the great war against the undead was this shifting in religion to, uh, uh recognizing Prios as the one true God and the rest as all being heretical, or ancient or anti-gods even. And uh, the mystic orders of the Ordo Magica, a lot of their teachings come from those old pantheon ways uh, and have been like, I want to say like secularized. They've had a lot of the spiritualism stripped out and focusing in instead on the learning and the science of magic. And on the other side, you've got the church that has leaned in just into Prios uh, to the point where if it's not coming from the sun, it's not coming from God. And Oh, and by the way, he's um, dying and it's our job to, bring, to keep him alive. Yeah. And, and we have failed to cultivate the world and through nature being chaos, um, in order to save the environment, we must uh, cultivate nature and plow it over and turn it into farmland. That's how we save climate change in this world. <laughs> that's how that's how the Church of Prios is teaching you. And so this, uh, the last time we saw our Yandrome, he was not super enthusiastic to go off to the church, I would say, but he no. did it in order to please his parents. The timing is really interesting in this history. If we want to get into the lore, yeah. I know Mitch might enjoy this, is if we go through the timeline, they send you off maybe like as a young teenager, 11 years old, 10 years old, right before they left with the queen. Around this time, is just around the time that the Church of Prios is still like rising to prominence and, and influence. And you're like the first generation of new clerics that are going to be raised into this. And it was a bit of like, I don't know, your parents sending you off to be on the ground floor of this new startup. (laughs) You're going to be part of this new wave of influence. And it was seen as a very devout, pious, patriotic thing to do for this church to save the planet. Uh, And I think we both have decided that your parents, uh, Ainsley and Sean, or Andromel and Lindra, they left when the queen and her entourage left north of the Titans to head to the new capital city of Yandaros. And Elendra was left on the estate to be looked after by all of the workers that lived on that estate and looked after it but one by one they've all then like quit and left and they've gone north of the Titans going screw this. Uh, and Yandrame, you were left in the care of the church, but with the idea that perhaps there was other plans that your family had for you. <laughs> Joking a little <laughs> bit like the Borgia uh, and and how they were in you know interjecting themselves in injecting themselves into the Vatican. Except those plans might have gone awry. I think they just went cold. Your parents went north of the Titans, and then it's been silent since. So. That's just this big old mystery hanging over that. We don't know what was on the other side of the mountains. So it's a good thing we now know someone from the other side of the mountains. Enter Verd, played by Mitch Wallace. Yeah, Verd. Tell us a little. Now, this is the most 
mysterious character we've got in our entourage. <laughs> so uh, you don't have to share anything <laughs> if you don't want to. But uh, so just give us like what what does the book cover on Vierd look like before we even open up and flip through the pages? Yeah, uh, um uh, is a very pale individual with uh, long, wispy white hair, uh, wearing a uh, witch's cloak, uh, with various uh, animal bones uh, sewn into it. So immediately we recognize, oh, you're not Ambrian. Oh yeah, yeah, very, <laughs> culturally, yeah, yeah, very, very different, uh, very standoffish. Um, he definitely looks down on Ambrians uh, with a severe degree of condescending. Yeah, for him, he looks forward to the day where the chieftain uh, finally calls all the tribes together and wipes out uh, the Ambrians and sends them back to their uh, their home. Uh, so that well, in we the can meantime, you got a couple of kids to look after. Yeah, in the meantime, <laughs> his those kids. father has requested him to uh, deliver these unto uh, Yondaros, uh, and uh, that will be the end of his task. Uh, and, and he'll finally be done with these Ambrian invaders. Exactly, and he won't have to go to uh, to those lands ever again, and can enjoy the forest in his deep contemplation on the spirits of the other realm. Oh, I'm sure just being on this side of the Titan is um, disconcerting for you, for someone who is so connected to nature mm-hmm. and to the spiritual realm and through your, your your connection from old Davokar to be over here where the corruption from all of that death magic has just cursed these lands just they're not just they're not decimated because decimated just means one in ten this place has been wiped out yeah it's been wiped clean it it, you might as well be on mars this is not livable anymore yeah it just reaffirms the hate for ambria because this is what they'll probably do to my land uh the ambrians didn't do this the dark lords that they fought against ever (laughs) <laughs> they brought this upon themselves with the misuse of magic and not balancing the corruption with nature. This is this is their it's Simba Room all over exactly. again. Exactly. This is they did it again, and now they're coming up north to do it. Uh uh-uh. uh. What do you mean they did it again? As I understand it, the Ordo Magica has recently made claims that the barbarian clans are also descendants from the Simbarum Empire. So you did this too one time in the past. But we've learned from our mistakes. So the barbarians could have restorative justice, but the Ambrians yes. must forever be exactly. <laughs> punished. Because- because of this, it will point at their former lands. That. And this right here is why I love Simbarum. There are no good guys or bad guys. The, 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 the lines of the demarcation line is very interesting, depending on the perspective of the person. Because, yes, the Ambrians are colonizing settlers. They are also refugees looking for asylum simultaneously their land is dead they've got nowhere else to go so they're heading to this land and the clans more or less were not living in the plains that the ambrians have currently set up which is one reason why they've been able to just take them they're living in the forest can these two cultures coincide they are both share a common ancestry potentially and they are both absolutely wrong and right 
on many different theories in terms of the way the nature of corruption works. All the different orders of magic have a different concept of corruption and they're all correct in a different way and they're all wrong in a different way. No one's, no one's got the right answer. And like there is an actual darkness. There is the abominations and this thing that is, you know, the witches talk about of one day old Davokar may awaken. And there's this worry of what that would be and, and, and can both the human and elder races unite to combat that or will they be so fractured that they will be destroyed by this final crisis that 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 may emerge from old Simbaru? Yeah, the only pure ones are the goblins. They're just so cute. <laughs> yeah, they're just so fun. Yeah, and 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 the ogres. Yeah. Sweet ogres. The ogres are pure. <laughs> the, trolls. the ogres. The ogres are pure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the beautiful undead. Who yeah, never not had the a trolls. Choice. The troll. The trolls are are um. They're just lumbering. They're more. They're very animalistic. They're they're like gorillas. They're, I kind of see them the, as like gorilla. They're tribes. the bards, though. They got like the 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 troll hymns singing and stuff like that. They're oh, that's true. There are the arch trolls. I kind of yeah, see yeah. them as a little like Neanderthals in that yeah. way, though. Like the the way they organize is very much like looking at the way gorillas organize and 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 they can communicate and strategize and attack, but it's still done through that kind of um uh, more animal mentality. Whereas the uh, the ogres that emerge from Davokar mm-hmm. fully formed with no memory of what they are. Uh, They're pure and amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They're pure and amazing. Yeah. I, I do just want to point out that there is no alignment system for people who are coming from D&D. And oh, it's part yeah. of what makes this system so good no. is that just reading it, you soak up. The alignment is all cultural. It's culturally yeah. inherited and you it's, can just forget it's, it's it. It's culture and it's prejudice and it's uh, it's it's your own point of view and your own worldview. Everyone has a shadow, and that'll come up in our story as we're playing. It's sort of an aura that some characters are able to perceive and track, and it shows your level of corruption. Every character has two shadows. You have yours, and then you have this corruption that is growing inside of everyone, just at different rates, and it's mostly brought upon magic. Magic is not natural and whenever anyone uses magic doesn't matter if you're a witch or a magician or a sorcerer anyone or a priest anyone who's using anything of magic origin is going to be playing with corruption and soaking a bit of that into them and what's nice it kind of works a little bit like the way mana would work or mp in dungeons and dragons except if you're in a clutch moment and you just need to like i need to deal with this now you can just pump everything in right now you know it's going to destroy you but it might save your friends in the process so there's a there's a moment where you can just throw yourself into the darkness to save everybody else and then you just when that happens your character becomes an abomination and we never see you again <laughs> or maybe we do as a player, oh. as a player character <laughs> yeah. as a, well, we've met our characters then. We've met our, our two siblings and their ward. Uh, or not their ward, their guide. You're their ward. <laughs> Begrudging parental figure. <laughs> who has been showing up to, to carry these Father? hopefully not orphans uh, into Yandaros to the queen's to the queen's palace and uh, just, just shaking his head <laughs> I hate this job <laughs> and when we return we will begin in uh, our campfire at the caravan of the titans and we will formally meet our characters so are we all ready oh yeah yes. take the plunge let us begin 
The Terrible Warriors returns every Tuesday with new story episodes playing Simba Room. To learn more about Simba Room, visit freeleaguepublishing.com. And if you like this show and you want to hear more, we exist only thanks to our continued supporters from our Patreon page at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. By becoming a supporter this season, you'll receive a special role on our Discord server to mark you as one of our own. Plus, every supporter donating $5 or more will also receive each new story episode from our Simbarome campaign one week before everyone else, including episode one, which is available right now. For 15 a month, you can join our private tip club, where I host virtual tabletop games for our tip club members every month. Your terrible warriors today have been Mitch Wallace, Sean Horbachuk, Ainsley Moore, and me, Justin Eacock. Editing and production is also by me, and music is licensed through Epidemic Sound. Next week, our story begins as we meet the siblings Elandra and Neandrome, who, along with the witch Vaird, sent to bring them to their parents, will need to find safe passage to the Titan Mountains in order to reach their new home of Ambria and confront the mysteries of Simbaroon. We begin our new story next week, right here on The Terrible Warriors. Terrible Warriors.